from zero to 20,000 visits with a very interesting content marketing strategy with Benji Hyam for episode 63. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Today's guest is Benji Haim, and he's going to share with us a content marketing strategy that helped grow ThinkApps traffic up to 20,000 visits in one month. Now, there's several different goals that you might want to achieve with your content strategy. Maybe you want to create a piece of content around a specific keyword that gets shared a lot, that gets searched a lot on search engines. You might see some opportunity for SEO growth there. Or maybe you want to create a piece of content that appeals to a group of influencers so that you can build relationships with these guys so that they can share that specific article. Or maybe you want to create a piece of content that gets picked up by large publications in your industry, like Benji did, like Benji is going to share with us. Today's show is about how to take advantage of the hype behind certain news and events that are going on on your industry, create a piece of content around that hyped news and be timely and get a lot of traffic. Now, without any further ado, let's jump right into our interview with Benji. So Benji, man, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So well, before we get started into you know, the nitty gritties of this case study that we're going to talk about today, why don't you tell us a little about who, it is, uh, who are you and what it is that you do? Yeah. So I'm a growth marketer. I live in San Francisco, just moved here about a little over a year ago. Uh, and it's been a really interesting experience for me so far, getting to work with a bunch of startups up here and connecting with interesting people up here as well. Uh, and yeah, I'd say the last three three or so years, I've worked in various size startups. And before that, I had my own company. And then prior to that, I actually worked at uh, like a larger $100 million company. So I think my experience kind of spans... Uh, a lot of different types of companies, and so I've taken learnings from all these different experiences and try to apply that to what I do now. Wonderful. And what, and what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yes. Yeah, so right now I'm the director of growth at a company called Everwise, and we provide uh, mentoring to employees inside companies. To yeah, to uh, sort of yeah, um, training them for for growth purposes, right? Yeah, so really awesome. building their their soft skills uh, is is kind of where we focus. So we, what we realized is a lot of people don't have access to the people and the resources that can help them grow. And so we're basically focusing on helping them uh, learn while they're on the job already doing their work and and having someone that they can talk to and get advice and feedback from. And how do you how did you come to be a growth mark marketer? Uh, that's a good question. So I, I guess I took a class in high school and that's kind of when 
I first decided that I wanted to be in marketing, which is kind of rare. So most high schools don't offer a marketing course. course. But uh, from then on, I kind of knew that I wanted to be in marketing. And so I went to school for marketing and landed a job six months before I graduated at a company called Vistage and started off uh, doing social media as my first entryway into marketing. And then from there, uh, started to focus on paid acquisition, content marketing, and then started my own company, which was doing LinkedIn consulting as well as content marketing. And then took a role doing integrated marketing. So then I got familiarity with like uh, marketing automation and email marketing. And then took a role as a first marketing hire at a company called ThinkApps. And so I think, I think that's where I got like the bulk of my just scrappy growth startup experience. And, and yeah, and then that role kind of led me to where I'm at right now. That's pretty cool. And um, okay, so let's dive into how it is that you grew this uh, this website yeah. from zero to twenty thousand, and and the tactics that you used. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, the, the case study on my website distribution tactics I used to go from zero to twenty thousand really quick. So that was basically my first four months of playing with my playing with the blog that I had created at ThinkApps. So it's called the Build Blog. And we grew it from yeah, zero to 20,000 visitors within a month. And then by the time I left, which was about six to eight months later, we were averaging 35,000 unique visitors a month. And so, yeah, that growth really led to a lot of leads coming into the company. And so, um, yeah, happy to share all my learnings from just testing out different ways to drive traffic to the website. Yeah, go ahead. Spit it out. Cool. So it really started off just, I think all of content marketing or driving traffic starts out with a strategy. And so our, our content strategy was to really tell unique stories. And so my hypothesis was that basically we were selling um, software development services, so design and development, so helping people build apps. And so the way that I went about creating our content strategy was basically telling stories about people who had built successful products before. Uh, so it started out with us reaching out to various founders up here in San Francisco um, and, and starting off with some of the smaller influencers and trying to work our way up to some of the larger influencers. Um, but really what kicked off our, I guess, the initial set of traffic was uh, right when the, the Apple Watch came out and they had the announcement, mm -hmm. um, we just started thinking how we could take advantage of um, the hype. The, yeah, the hype. And so what we did is uh, basically our business model was that we had long-term partnerships with different design and development studios all over the world. And so we leveraged some of our design teams to help us create uh, basically concept Apple Watch apps. And so when we released that post, uh, we were pr pretty strategic in terms of releasing it and then coming up with a list of people that had previously covered uh, the Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. And so it was looking in some of the top tech publications, uh, looking at some of the industry publications, and then um, basically doing outreach to some of the uh, people who have covered these topics before. And so... 
with the initial launch, I had just tweeted it out and someone from Forbes actually reached back out to me asking if they could syndicate the article. Um, but then overnight, what had happened is 9to5Mac picked it up and then from there, it got aggregated to about 80 to 100 different sites. And, and within a week, uh, we grew our traffic from about 100 to 150 visitors a week to about 10,000. And so, yeah, that article just took off. And then so from there, we tried to keep the momentum going and just keep pushing out content while we still had visitors coming to our site. And you think it all started because of this person from Forbes that reached out to, to you? Yeah, well, it was interesting. So Forbes reached out, but they ever, they actually didn't end up picking up the story because it had gotten picked up by Nine to Five Mac overnight. Um, Wait, and they don't want—I mean, they don't want to cover something that someone else covers. Yes, it depends on the publication. So sometimes some of the larger publications don't want to cover it, or sometimes they'll take a unique angle on the story. Uh, I ended up following up with the guy, and he's just like, eh, actually, we're not interested in covering it anymore. But at that point, it had already kind of taken a life of its own on. And so, yeah, we were, we were pretty happy with the outcome. And I think ever since that, we were just more strategic about reaching out to the publications that we wanted to go after first. And then... Who was uh, it that, that covered... Sorry, sorry. Who was it that covered it? Uh, nine to... Nine to five, Mac. Nine to five, Mac. And how did they find the article? Uh, I, I think they actually just found out about it through, basically what we did is we tweeted all of the top publications and then also the reporters that had covered these topics, the article. Uh -huh. And so someone, I think someone from 9to5Mac we had tweeted at and then they, they kind of just looked at our article and then took the story and covered it. So you, you tagged them in your yep. tweet? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so we do both things. So we, we send emails to the, the publications uh, a lot of them also have a tips section on their site too where you can submit stories. And so we did it both angles. So we, we emailed a bunch of people, we submitted the story, uh, and then we also tweeted at... And you submitted uh, the story to 9 to nine to 5, not... Actually, I don't think we submitted it to them. I actually think it was the tweet that we had tagged them in uh, that they got wind of the story from. How did that tweet look like? like yeah, it, it was just simple. So it was just basically replying to 9to5Mac and just saying, hey, you might be interested in this story um, and putting the title of the story in there. So we just did concept uh, Apple Watch apps. Uh, that's pr pretty interesting. Yeah, and so it was just very timely. So a lot of people were starting to cover the hype of the Apple Watch and we were the first people that had really taken the concept um, watch app design approach. And so I think just they were interested in kind of seeing what I, I think part of the angle of the story was that we had designers from all over the world come up with concepts of popular apps and so it was the first that consumers were able to see what the app experience could look like on the app, Apple Watch. And what other, what other strategies that you use uh, to grow? Yeah, so that was the, the initial wave of traffic to our site and so from there we, we definitely really wanted to capitalize off of that opportunity. So we kept pushing um, interesting content out, so stories. And, and basically, I used that initial traction, the 20,000 visitors, to now reach out to some influencers and say, hey, uh, would you be interested in doing a story with us or an interview with us? Um, because now we had an audience to kind of leverage um, basically for 
some of our influencers. And so, yeah, right after we got the 20,000 initial visitors, then it was really about getting, influ getting to influencers quickly and, and leveraging our traffic to get some of these stories and interviews with some of these people. And then I think really the other, the other side of this too is just promoting the story in the right places. And so um, that, that was a whole lesson in and of itself was just figuring out what are the right channels to distribute your content through. Uh, and so really it was kind of taking a step back and figuring out, all right, if I was a CEO or uh, a product owner or a developer or a designer, uh, those were people that were in our target audience, like where would I be online and what are some of the sites that I'm reading, what are some of the communities um, I would engage with, and then figuring, figuring out how to go about best posting in those places as well. Um, so an interesting learning for us was, was Reddit. Um, at first, it was hard for us to crack the code with Reddit um, because you have to really actively engage in the community um, for a lot of these stories to take off or for you to become like a, a recognized person within Reddit. Uh, and so on my end, being... It was, it was just me and one other person on the marketing side in the company. And so we didn't have a ton of resources to invest the time into really building up our reputation on Reddit. And so a really easy um, way around that that we found was, was actually using Fiverr to basically pay $5 for someone to post our links in the right communities from a, uh, an account that had a high reputation in Reddit. That's very, very smart. And so, yeah, and, and, and that ended up being a huge driver of traffic. So we would get anywhere from 1,000 visitors a day to sometimes getting 10,000 visitors a day if our post would, had the right content, the right timing, and was in the right subreddit. And, and, how, so, and how was the conversion rate from this traffic? Because in my experience, uh, I mean, uh, there was a while when I used to leverage Reddit a lot, but traffic yeah. from, from Reddit wasn't very... You know, it didn't convert very well. Yeah, definitely. So it, it really just depended on what the story was and what the subreddit was. It definitely, it had a lower time on site. What was interesting is, as you might know, the Reddit community is pretty critical. So you'd get some interesting feedback from people on Reddit, too, uh, that we would incorporate in some of just our learnings going forward. Um, but yeah, I think... Initially, just driving traffic was all about finding just these channels that you could leverage to drive a high amount of visitors. But then over time, our, our strategy switched to basically capitalizing off of SEO traffic. So initially, it was all about just sharing interesting stories to get an audience and build a sense of community. And I'd say about four months in, right after I had written this article, actually, Uh, our strategy really became how do we capitalize off of our SEO con content. And so we had grown from about zero to 3,000 uh, visits a week just through organic traffic. And then so on our conversion side, we were figuring how can we be more strategic about, one, creating stories that will play well uh, from a search perspective and then also If we were able to create those stories, um, we had a higher chance of converting um, visitors through our blog through search traffic. So that was a really interesting learning. And I shared 
in another podcast uh, on the Growth Hacking Podcast, kind of how we did that, which was basically using webmaster tools to see how keywords were being driven or what keywords um, were driving people to our site and what articles uh, people were coming to and then figuring out other gaps in um, basically long tail keywords that we could go after to create uh, more robust content around and drive more search traffic to our site. Well, I mean, I love how strategic you were with, with the whole strategy. Um, I love the, you know, everything when it's very, very planned out and strategic. Uh, there aren't many gaps in, you know, in sort of the process and the system that you plan to use. Um, any other tips uh, or things that you used? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest tip is just to test a bunch of different stuff out. So, I mean, a lot of what I had written about in this article wasn't like a first-time win. Like, it, it was constant testing different channels and, and then maybe not even discounting a channel if it didn't work. It was retesting or, like, creating new hypotheses about, like, why it didn't work or how can I approach this channel differently. And I'd say like even a big learning was Google Plus. I had written about how I saw Rand Fishkin tweet out uh, something about post-click engagement and, and looking at the different social channels. And what was interesting to me is like Google Plus came up number two. And so it, it made me relook at Google Plus and seeing different ways to take advantage of it. And kind of through that, I found out that it wasn't really a ghost town and there are there are a certain there's a certain group of people who really love Google Plus, and it actually is the more techie audience, and so that ended up being a good driver of quality traffic for us was finding out some of the communities on Google Plus um, that were more technical, and then posting our content there and engaging with some of those communities. And so I think the biggest learning from this was just like, yeah, there's definitely going to be your go-to channels and things that work right from the get-go. But if something doesn't work, really take a step back and, and question why isn't it working. Because it, it might just be the approach that you took and there might be another way that you could go about it that'll actually get traction. And same thing that happened with Reddit. Like I had posted a number of articles from my own account and just realized it wasn't getting any traffic. But in talking to other marketers, a lot of them had said this had been a huge driver of traffic to their to their site, and so it was really just figuring out, okay, well, how do I, how can I go about this differently? And so that's when it came to looking at Fiverr to find someone to post, and then even through that, the, the first article only got about fifty visitors or a hundred visitors, and it was only until we got like one big hit that I realized that this was actually a huge opportunity for us. And so then we, once we found something that worked, then we doubled down on that and kept doing it consistently. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest advice is just always, always test things. And if something doesn't work, um, yeah, just take a step back and f figure out how I can approach this differently and talk to other people and figure out what they're doing and what's working for them and, and see m maybe it might be a completely different business or type of company, but see, if I were to to go about this channel, basically, how could I approach it, uh, knowing my own audience and my own company? Yeah, it always comes that comes down to knowing who your your audience is and where they hang out. So, Definitely. man, um, uh, well, thank you so much for this, man. Um, where where can people go to stay in touch with you? 
Yeah, uh, so my website, benjihayam.com, so that's the article I've been referencing is on there too, and then there's also another article that talks about the content strategy side, so uh, that article focuses more on the distribution, so how we actually grew traffic, but I think the most important thing is actually step one, so just understanding your content strategy and how to create compelling content that'll drive a sense of community. And uh, you, you've inspired me to write more, so hopefully <laughs> there will be some other articles coming soon on there as well. And then also just Twitter. I'm pretty active in Twitter, just sharing things from people that I respect in the marketing space and then uh, yeah, sharing some interesting content on well, there, there as well. Well, there you go. There you go, man. Good job. Well, thank you so much, Benji. I really hope to have you again in the future and... and and I really, really enjoy this this case study. A lot of people are gonna take a, a lot from it. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see everyone's reaction and get people's feedback. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Benji Hyam. Head on over to rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode sixty two for the show notes. Until next week, guys. Go out, create a piece of content, and keep on growing. Thank <laughs> you.